Most of us have those projects that we start and intend to finish one day. We're going to plant that new garden one day. We're going to repaint the living room one day. We're going to start that exercise program one day. And and the one day arrives on a variety of different timetables, ranging from maybe tomorrow all the way to maybe sometime this century. (laughs) There is, however, a real satisfaction to completing something, to, to having a finished task, to looking back and, and seeing that the job is done. Finding joy in life would seem to be something that we would want to complete. Jesus knew that would be so. And so he tells us how our joy can be complete. It's found here in John chapter 15, starting with verse 9. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. This morning we're going to find out a a truth that is absolutely crucial for us to understand. Your joy is made complete in Christ. Now the first thing we have to understand before we can understand that is that in Christ we are loved. Everybody wants to be loved. It's a trait that crosses all nationalities, all ethnicities, all economic stations, all languages, young, old, rich, poor. We all want to be loved. No matter who you talk to, uh, they, they may have a different taste in music, they may speak a different language, they may wear a different style of clothes, but I guarantee you that both of you share something in common. You both long to be loved. And that's an important thing to know when, when we're seeking to share Christ as our Savior, when we're, we're seeking to share the gospel with the world. We forget this important reality sometimes. We, we, we forget when we're thinking, well, I don't know if I'd be able to communicate well with that person. Uh, we don't really share anything in common. Uh, we have different tastes. We have, have different activities. Uh, maybe we even speak a different language. I don't know if I'd really be able to, to, to make touch with them. We just don't have anything in common. Oh, yes, you do. We all want to be loved. Jesus understood that about his disciples. They wanted to be accepted. They wanted to belong. They wanted to know that someone else valued them. And so Jesus loved them. With a love so deep and so wide, it's almost more than can be expressed in human language. This is what Jesus said in verse 9. 
As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. Why would anyone not want to remain in that love? Love as God the Father loves God the Son. doesn't get any deeper than that. Why would Jesus feel the necessity to remind his disciples, remain in my love? Well, the word that's translated here as remain, it's, it's a significant word. It, it, it's often translated as abide. It's more than just hanging around in the same neighborhood. It, it's making the love of Christ the central guiding factor to everything that we do. Every decision we make, every action we take, everything we do is governed by this Truth that we are loved by Christ. That's what that word remain means. To abide in His love. To live in His love. Now if we know that we're loved by Christ, we can avoid some of the ridiculous temptations we find ourselves confronted with in this world. The temptation to to bounce from one bad relationship to another, shattering lives in our wake. Wait a minute. We don't have to find meaning in somebody else. We're loved by Christ. Cheat someone out of what they have because they've got something that we want. Wait a minute. We're loved by Christ who provides us with everything that we need. Criticize someone else in a way that we would never want someone to criticize us. Wait a minute. We're loved by Christ, and so are they. If we slander someone, we are slandering someone that Jesus loves. Now, Jesus reminds us of his love. He calls us to his love, and then he gives a diagnostic to see if we're abiding in his love. Here it is. It's found in verse 10. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in His love. Now, this only makes sense when you think about it. If we are loved by Christ with this deep, abiding love, why wouldn't we want to do what He's commanded us to do? If our significance, our meaning in life is ultimately determined by our relationship with Christ, why wouldn't we want to follow His command? Well, obviously, we seem to think of a lot of reasons that seem to make sense to us. It's the fundamental reason why we sin. Because we forget how much Jesus loves us. Jesus understood the depth of his father's love for him. And so there was never even a question in his mind that he would step outside of his father's will because he knew how much his father loved him. When we understand the love of Christ, it makes temptation look ridiculous. If you are a starving person, you will eat nearly anything. 
If you hadn't had anything to eat for several days and you see a piece of stale bologna, you are going to devour it. Because you haven't eaten in so long, it looks good. But what if you just finished a full course steak dinner with all the trimmings, the potato loaded with everything, the salad, the apple pie with a big scoop of ice cream on top, and you've just finished all of that, and then you see that piece of stale bologna. You're not going to eat it. You're not even going to want to have it around. You're going to take it and you're going to throw it away because you're full already. That's what we need to understand about the love of Christ. We spend so much effort in our life trying to be accepted, trying to fit in, trying to be loved. It's the basis for so many of Satan's temptations. Just do this and your life will be full. What we need to realize is our life is already full. We are loved. In fact, there is nowhere that we can find a greater love than what we already know in Jesus. Nowhere. That was the original temptation in the Garden of Eden. The snake tells Eve that the fruit would give her something that God was holding back. Or if you read between the lines just a little bit, the temptation was, God doesn't love you enough to let you have that. And then Adam falls for the same thing. And so do we. Every time we fall for temptation, we're buying into the lie that God doesn't love us as much as we need. Don't believe it. In fact, the next time you face temptation, the next time a thought pops in your head and you know it's outside the line of what God wants you to do, the next time something confronts you in life and you know it's something that God doesn't want in your life, repeat to yourself, I am loved. Or even better, repeat John 15 verse 9. As the Father has loved me, Jesus says, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. Understand that you are loved in Christ. And when you do, realize that Jesus' love makes our joy complete. When something is complete, by definition, that means it doesn't need anything else. Jesus wants us to understand something. In His love, our joy is complete. We don't need anything else. Here's the way He says it in verse 11. He says, I have told you this, that He loves you with the same love that, that the Father loves Him. To remain in His love. I told you this, He says, so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. The word for complete, it's, it's a word that means 
full, or, or actually it goes a little bit farther than that. It, it's a word that means abound. It, it's a word that means it's full to the brim and it's overflowing. There's no more room for anything else. It's, it's a broad, giant word. And that's the word Jesus uses when he describes our joy in him. It abounds. It overflows. Now, there's something easy to miss here. In his statement, Jesus is actually making a messianic claim. He is claiming to be the Messiah. In the New Testament day, there was a teaching that perfect joy could only exist after the Messiah came. Well, guess what Jesus says? In me, you have perfect joy. Now, the people of the New Testament days, particularly the, the, the disciples, they would have understood exactly what Jesus was saying. They would have understood it in this way, that Jesus was making an affirmation that indeed he was and is the Messiah. Which is not to discount the simple meaning of the word. The joy the Messiah brings is complete. Knowing Christ is no barren, cheerless existence. We have joy. It's a joy that right now we experience in a way we may not understand or may not realize or even may not exactly believe. We experience this complete, total joy in obedience to Jesus' command. Now, we don't like that. We don't like to be told what to do. We don't like to be told that we have to obey. But once again, that's the secret of temptation. Temptation says, you know, you could probably have a little more joy if you do this. Well, Jesus wants us to understand that whatever this is, it cannot possibly give us more joy than we already have in Him. Imagine one day someone goes up to the Mona Lisa, that extraordinary masterpiece painting by Leonardo da Vinci, and, and somehow they get past all the security and everything, and they, they pull out a magic marker and they draw a mustache on the Mona Lisa. Well, first of all, that person would be immediately arrested and thrown in a French prison, which, from what I understand, being in a French prison is not someplace you want to be. And in addition to that, art historians would immediately gather together and they would figure out how to get rid of the mustache. They would spare no expense in restoring the painting to its original form. Why? You can't improve a masterpiece. Now, temptation does what some of you are thinking right now. Well, you know, I don't really like the Mona Lisa all that much. I mean, why couldn't the lady smile just a little bit? You know, something good. Tell her a joke or something. And, and her clothes, I mean, brighten it up a little bit. You know, a little, add a little pink, a little yellow, a little, a little something to brighten the painting up. 
And every good painting needs a table with some flowers. Come on! But guess what? None of that's going to happen. Nobody is going to change the Mona Lisa. The most famous painting in the world. And here's the reason why. Any change you would make to that painting would actually devalue the worth of the painting. It would make it worth less. Why don't we see temptation that way? Anything we add or take away from God's plan for our life devalues our life. Or put another way, any temptation we decide to follow ultimately decreases our joy. It does the exact opposite of what it's promising to do. Every time. Now, we might fool ourselves for a while, but it's just a mustache on the Mona Lisa. Next time temptation comes knocking at your door, and it's going to happen. We we live in a world full of temptation. But next time that that thought pops in your mind and you're, you're, you're thinking about, well, you know, this is not something I ought to do, but, well, maybe this once before you do. Do two things. One, say it and say it out loud if you have to. Say, I am loved. I am loved. I'm loved. And and nothing I do is going to add to that. I'm loved by Jesus. And then secondly, just imagine the Mona Lisa with the mustache. Remember Jesus' words, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Heavenly Father, open our eyes. Help us see temptation for exactly what it is. It's not going to add to our joy. Because our joy is already complete. And you are, it's full to the brim. We are not going to be more loved. Because you have already loved us with a love so deep and so wide, we can't even imagine the expanse of it. So God, when we're faced with the temptations of this world, help us to realize we're loved and see temptation for what it really is. just a mustache on the Mona Lisa. Help us, God, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.